You're listening to audio from Calvary Gravenhurst in Muskoka, Ontario. For more resources or to connect with someone in the church, please visit calvarygravenhurst.com. This week's sermon is taught by lead pastor Benjamin Emery. All right, well, let's pick up a Bible. Kids, I want you to pick up a Bible too. So reach down in that seat in front of you. Pick up God's Word and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I can't really follow uh, that tremendous presentation from Jen and Kathy. Uh, But I do have something that God's laid on my heart um, as I... um, I'm expressing some things that I I want to express before uh, I leave. So give me 20 minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Let's read it together. Paul says, For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready, because you are still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? For whatever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another says, I belong to Apollos, are you not acting like mere humans? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed. And each has a role the Lord has given him. I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither one, the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are God's co-workers, and you are God's field, God's building." According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled builder, and another builds on it. But each one should be careful how he builds on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than what has already been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Well, God, I just pray that we can uh, look today and as we reflect on what you've done here at Calvary over the last eight years... Uh, see that it was not a, a man and, and not a woman uh, that did it, that it was uh, faithful obedience uh, was our part, but you are the one that brought the growth. Uh, you looked down and saw this group of believers uh, who was small, um, yet who desired to live for you and to reflect your love in this uh, community, Lord, uh, who desired to come under the authority of your word, and you responded to that, Lord, uh, by bringing growth, uh, growth as individuals and growth as a church. And so I pray that as we look at God's uh, message to the Corinthians, uh, we can see that uh, the future of Calvary is not based off one man. It is based off of you, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, sometimes uh, when I'm going in between services or sometimes when uh, 
Alyssa's leading worship. I'll go down and get some water, and, and I'll often pass by the nursery. There's a back entrance down the stairs uh, that leads past the nursery. And as I pass the nursery, I often look in because I love the nursery. That's where I plan to uh, help um, them and the toddlers uh, when I'm no longer a pastor. Um, <clears throat> but I love to look in there, and what do you see? You see different things. Uh, you'll see uh, little kids uh, playing with toys. Uh, you'll see some of them tearing up because they miss their mommies or their daddies. Uh, sometimes you'll see a, a, a kid grabbing another toy out of uh, another kid's hand. You see all sorts of things, cute things, uh, funny things, uh, uh, normal things for babies. Some are wearing diapers. Some are wearing pull-ups. Some are drinking milk. Some are eating cookies. It's normal uh, for kids to act like kids. But unfortunately, sometimes in churches... Uh, the adults, uh, the believers, act like babies. Sometimes they act like immature Christians. Uh, even though they uh, profess Christ as their Lord and Savior, they've been going to church for, for an ample amount of time under the Word of God. It, it has not penetrated their minds and their hearts and their behavior. And sometimes they are sitting in spiritual diapers, drinking milk all their life, for 10, 20, 30 years without much change. Throwing temper tantrums when they don't get what they want, they want. Moaning and complaining that things weren't the way they desire. Jealousy and division sometimes amongst believers. See, it's, it's cute when babies cry. It's cute when babies wear diapers and drink milk. It's not cute when 30 and 40 and 50-year-olds do that. And so this is Paul's message. Uh, this was the message to the Corinthian church that was a bit messy. He had helped plant it. Uh, then he went away. Uh, he sent Apollos. Uh, Apollos did some work, and then he went away. And, and now there is, he gets this letter that there's factions and divisions amongst the people. Sometimes you might think time makes a Christian more mature. Not so. Uh, hearing the Word of God doesn't make you grow. Uh, but when the Word of God comes into your heart and you come under its authority and the Holy Spirit allows you to grow, well, then there is growth. Uh, salvation is called the new birth. I'm just going to do a refresher for some of you who are new to church. We have uh, people that didn't grow up in the church here. Uh, salvation is when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, that, that God became a man and, and, and gave himself as a sacrifice for the sins of uh, anyone who would believe in him, including you, and you repent of your sins and you, you, you give him your life. Uh, that is salvation. It's called the new birth. It's kind of like plop, out you come, a baby in Christ. You don't know much. You're very dependent on God for everything in the church, uh, but you're still a believer. That's when you are saved from the penalty of sin. Someday we'll be freed from the presence of sin. When we die, we'll graduate. It's going to be better than on this earth. We will leave this earth and the presence of sin will no longer affect us. We are saved from the penalty of sin. Someday we'll be totally clear of the presence of sin. But now we're in this in-between period. Uh, this is called the sanctification period. This is where God's desire is to change us, to change us into the image of himself. And unfortunately, 
Uh, it's not just that we sit down and absorb God's word and then he changed us like that. There is this dance that we are doing with God. He's leading, we're following. If we don't work with him, he doesn't grow us. If we don't desire to change, he won't change us. And some of the Corinthians were not participating in the dance. That's why Paul says, for my part, brothers and sisters... I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. I can remember um, sitting um, with my uh, son Levi, my youngest son Levi, and, and Brenna in my arms when she was a new baby, and she was, uh, I don't know, a couple of months old. And I can remember sitting there, and I'm, and I'm holding her, giving her some milk, and, and he's eating, I can remember, cheesy pizza, like homemade pizza with, with extra cheese on it. And, and he asked me, can we give Brenna some pizza? And uh, no, 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 she's not ready for it. Her stomach can't handle it. She can only handle milk. That's all that God wants her to have right now. And that's needed. But if she was now at age five, as she is, and the only thing she could handle was milk and not solid food, you would say there's a serious problem with your five-year-old. And so, Paul uh, opens up in his nice way. Paul is always nice. He opens up with a little bit of buttering up, and then he throws the punches. Uh, brothers and sisters, ah, brothers and sisters, I can just imagine them gathering around, and, and, and they're listening to Paul's letter. Brothers and sisters, ah, he's so nice. We love that guy. Uh, remember when I came to you, and, and you were new Christians, and, and I just gave you milk. Oh, yeah, you were so good, Paul. You you, were, you spoke to us with such compassion and, and love and kindness. <laughs> and and, and, I, was, and I, I spoke to you because you didn't yet know. Uh, he says, but now it's years later, and you're still not ready for solid food. You're still babes. You're still sitting in diapers. You're still drinking milk. Babies drinking milk? That's cute. Adults drinking milk? It's kind of sad. Babies wearing diapers? Normal, cute, needed. Adults wearing diapers? Not so much. And and he's speaking to them in this way because literally that's how they're behaving. Like little babies who still depend on milk and diapers for life. And so the length of a Christian's life does not equal maturity. No, maturity comes when we take Christ seriously, when we not only drink the milk, but then we desire solid food. And one of the primary evidences of an immature Christian, of a Christian still drinking milk, still sitting in diapers, spiritually speaking, is divisions and strife. That's why he says, uh, you're still worldly in verse 3. Since there is still envy and strife amongst you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? Uh, For whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, aren't you acting like mere 
humans. He says, some of you say you believe, and maybe you do at a very basic level, but you've been sitting there under the Word of God for years, and you're still acting like children. There's still envy, which comes from the Greek word zelos, which means jealousy and rivalry. You're, you're still jealous of other Christians. You're still rival. Oh, I'm not, I'm not talking to so-and-so. I, I, that's their group. I'm in my group. And he says there's still strife among you, which means contention, quarreling, bickering amongst each other. But the reality is, is that, that God says, God tells us, Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, maturity comes when we put away those things and we absorb the pure milk of God. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. And like newborn infants, desire pure milk of the word, so that, not so you'll stay there, so that by it you may grow into your salvation if you have tasted what the Lord, that the Lord is good. No, notice that. You got to get rid of this stuff. A mature Christian is getting rid of malice and envy and jealousy and, and drinking down the pure milk so that they can grow up strong and beyond solid food. And solid food is solid teaching, uh, mature teaching. I love Billy Graham. The guy had a voice like nobody's business. He could hold a crowd like hardly any pastors could. I love Billy Graham, and I know some of you love Billy Graham. I've been to people before, and they'll tell me, ah, oh, I, I, I love Billy Graham, and nobody's ever liked Billy Graham, and I can't sit through anybody else's teaching and preaching. I understand that. He's a great preacher, but Billy Graham served milk primarily. He was an evangelist. His main job was, his main desire was to present the gospel. He was like the milkshake master. He would take that milk and he'd spice it up, add caramel, chocolate, and he'd present it every time and it'd be a little bit different and it'd be great. But if all you're getting is Billy Graham's The Gospel Message, over and over and over again, you're never going to grow into spiritually mature Christians that can handle the meat and the potatoes and the vegetables, the stuff that after salvation helps you grow into maturity. So what was their worldliness? Well, you have to go back to chapter 1 to see. Chapter 1, verses 10 to 13, uh, Paul says to them, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with what I am to say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you all be united with the same understanding and same conviction. For it has been reported about you by brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's family, that there is rivalry among you. What am I... What is... What I'm saying is this, one of you says I belong to Paul and another says I belong to Apollos or another says Cephas or another I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in Paul's name? And see, they were focusing on leaders and not on the Lord. And because they were focusing on men as the one to grow them, they were losing focus on the Savior, the one who had actually saved them. 
They were acting like children. Oh, I, I only like Peter. That's Cephas. I only like Peter. And if it's not a sermon by Peter, I'm not listening. Oh, I only like Paul. He's so deep and intellectual. And if it's not Paul, I'm not listening. No, Apollos, and he's, he's such an awesome Greek. I just love the way he spices things up. And, and there were these fractions. Instead of saying, is it the word of God? Is this man presenting the God that, say, that died for me? Oh, I'll listen. I'll take it in. They were acting like little children at the dinner table. You know, sometimes, or one of my children, I won't name which one, when they were in the high chair days, you know the high chair days? Remember the high chair days? They're not babies anymore. They're they're eating solid food. You cut it up little. Uh, This child, uh, this uh, one of my precious children, um, you would put certain foods down in front They'd have a spoon. This is a little bit big. This is what I found in the kitchen downstairs. Uh, and, and if it wasn't the food that they wanted, she would go, ah! And then she'd go, oh, no, sweetie, stop doing that. That's what the, they're doing. Cephas is giving them good food. Paul is giving them good food. But they're like, no, no, I only want what I like. And I'm not going to eat anything else. That's not maturity. That's not what God desires for them. So that's why he says then, verse 5, what is, what then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Are they not servants through whom you believed? And each one of them has a role the Lord has given. Uh, Paul's saying, you're, you're missing it. I'm not the main point. Apollos is not the main point. Christ is the main point. And he only used us because we were willing. We were willing servants who desired to please our master. And so he used us for different things. He used one to plant and one to water. And, and that's the way God works. I, I love Lord of the Rings. You know that. Um, and one of the, the scenes that, uh, that Tolkien gives us is, is how the, the God, God in the story, brought together this fellowship. And each one had a different part. And Frodo's job was to, to carry the ring. Galadri, who's like a, an archangel type, uh, she says, this has been given, you've been chosen for this task, Frodo. The ring is yours to bear alone. Uh, but the fellowship is a group of people who step forward to help him bear that weight. Each one of them has a specific task. Sam's task, Samwise's task, was to keep Frodo from giving up. Aragon's task was to be a distraction and fight against the evil forces so Frodo could get through. And so is the church. To every man and woman that steps up and says, Lord, I want to serve you in whatever way, shape, or form you desire, according to the giftings that you give me, you become a part of God's plan. But you're not the main attraction. Christ is always the main attraction. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. So then neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers, and you are God's field, God's building. God chose Paul to plant. God chose Apollos to water. And so Paul's job was not... 
uh, to go around and water. No, no, Paul's job was to go around and, and plant. And, and Paul saw, he came up and, he, and he's like, you know, and I'm going to plant that in Rachel. And, and I'm going to plant, yeah, I'm planting Smarties, that's all I had. And I'm going to plant that in Kat. And I, I'm going to plant the gospel in Rue's heart. And that's my job. That's what he gifted him to do. But then he, God brought along Apollos. I got to be careful. God brought along Apollos, and, and, and Apollos's job was to, oh, just kidding, <laughs> was to water. I know you were. His job was to water what Paul had already planted. Each one had a part to play. They were not the main point. Because even though they planted, and even though they watered, they could not make a person grow. And I can stand up here and preach until my eyes pop out of my head. But I cannot make you grow spiritually. Only through your obedience and willingness to God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit will you grow. And so God used each one. And, and, and notice that he says, and you had a part to play, Corinthian church. Your job was to let me plant the word in you. Your job was to allow yourself to be watered. Christine's place came together because God put a desire in Jen's heart. He put an idea and a desire to plant a place where women could come and be healed, where women could come and find hope. She planted it, but then others came along, as we heard, and watered. But God provided the growth to what it is now. And we have had this at this church and, and through Christine's place, this, this desire. We, we planted this seed that there'd be a place in Gravenhurst. Because one of the first things I came eight years ago when I came for the interview, and I was standing down there, and, I, and I, I, I started down there, and I walked these streets up there, is a lot of single mothers. I was like, there are so many single mothers in Gravenhurst. And so we want to see. But we can only plant. And we need Christians to come along and water, for you to step up financially, to step up with your time and your love, to come alongside these ladies and these fathers who are scared, and then God will provide the growth. But he's not going to do it unless you desire to be obedient in that. And so Paul then says, According to the God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. And the other builds, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And Paul knew it was a great privilege he had been given. But it was just a part to play, just for a time. Paulos had been given a great privilege, but it was just a part. He couldn't make it grow. And so here we are 2,000 years later reading and benefiting from the work that these men had done. So how do we put that into today's context? Well, I'm going to be straight with you. <clears throat> Sometimes I, I, I hear things like, I only come if you're preaching, or, I don't think Calvary can keep going the way it is when you're gone. Or, or you, you really did so much to build Calvary. And, and see, although a part of me wants to be flattered by that, it's just not true. 
and, and it's just not mature. I understand that some of you will miss me, some of you may not, and that's okay too. And I'm going to miss you. I really am going to miss you. I love you. But I am not the main point. I am not the one who's provided the growth. I just had a part to play. In fact, seeds were being planted at Calvary before I ever even came here. In the winter, in the spring of 2015, there was a, a group of men and women on the search committee who were looking at the Bible and saying, hey, we need to make some things different at Calvary. They were planting seeds in the 50 or 60 people that were here saying, we need to be a church that, that follows the Bible, that holds Jesus Christ up as our highest authority in our Lord and Savior. That was the, the Lens and the Garys and the, the Jeanettes and the Gales and the Matthews and the Garys. They were here planting seeds before I even came. And I, and I came and, and I planted some seeds of, of the supremacy of Christ and salvation through Christ alone and the sufficiency of the Bible. Ah, but then God sent waterers too. He sent Mark, and, and Mark was watering on what I had planted. And he sent Christine, and he sent Carla, and he, and he sent Don, and he sent Alyssa, and he sent Luke, and he sent Dustin, and he sent Michael, and so many other people that were watering what was planted. And God saw the obedience and the desire of the people at Calvary uh, to, to be a kingdom-building church, and God responded, and God brought growth. And here we see. The obedience of many Christians, but the work of God in the hearts of many men and women. So who is Benjamin? He's just a guy who did his part to the best of his ability, not in any way perfect. Not the Savior, not the Lord, not the one able to sustain Calvary. Just a guy. So who will provide the growth in the future? Well... It is the Lord Jesus Christ. If his people will take him seriously and will be obedient and walk with a desire to serve him, then God will grow the church. Now, does that mean you should just walk around to, to the children's ministry leaders and say, ha, 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 you don't do anything because because they actually couldn't make things grow? No, 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 because Paul says in First. Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor amongst you and lead you. In the name, Lord, in the Lord, and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers and sisters, to warn those who are idle. So, so Paul says you, you got to walk humbly. You got to to know it's not you, uh, but also to thank the people. And one of the best things you can do is to thank the men and women who serve so faithfully at Calvary, week after week, month after month, year after year. These men and women serve, and and sometimes they only hear negative things. So encourage them. But no, they are not the ones providing the growth. God is providing the growth. And, and so some of you who are idle, it's time for you to pick up a hammer, uh, to pick up a, a shovel, to pick up a watering can, to pick up some nails and some seeds and, and get to work with these men and women who are serving here. Because God's not going to reward you based off of other people's work. Did you notice Paul said, God will reward you according to your own labor. And so, in consumer Christianity 2023, everyone likes to be part of something that's doing great. 
Oh, where do you go to church? Well, I go to so-and-so church. Oh, that's a happening church, they say. Oh, yeah, it is. It's really a great place to be. And what do you do there? Oh, well, I sit and I make comments about things I like and don't like. Oh, well, you sound like a very helpful part of that church. That's not mature Christianity. Where were those people when the church wasn't a happening place? Oh, they were down the road at the church that was a happening place until that church was no longer a happening place. First two years, we couldn't get people to come to Calvary. We'd say, we're really trying to follow the Lord and and do a great thing here. Uh, We're just a group of simple believers. Yeah, yeah, but until you have a good children's program and dynamic worship and and you're really with it, uh, we're we're just going to go somewhere else. That is this. That's the kind of Christianity that is. So whoever your pastor is, your new pastor, he won't make or break Calvary. Let the one defining question you ask of this man be, will he be obedient to the calling that Christ has put on his life? If so, great, perfect, wonderful. Join him and labor together for the Lord. And I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree with what I say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you'll all be united in the same understanding and the same conviction. Let's pray. Well, God, I thank you so much that it is not dependent on me because that would be an epic disaster. But you are the supernatural God who invades simple people's lives and does supernatural things through them. I thank you for the privilege I've had Uh, to preach and lead here these eight years. I thank you for the privilege that I've had to walk alongside brothers and sisters in Christ as they labor for you, Lord, to see people come to faith in you who have never heard your name before or stepped in a church before. I pray, Lord, that you would let them see, catch the vision that they can be a part of the watering and the planting and that you're going to provide the growth. What exciting things you have in store for Gravenhurst. Lord, I just pray you would bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon audio. For more resources or to connect with us, visit calvarygravenhurst.com.